Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey there. Good morning, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and today we're here with something a little bit different. We don't really talk about the business too much on the show, but part of what we do at Case Fuel is using Google AdWords. So this was a big bread and butter of what we built the practice on, but uh, we're actually only doing this on referral at this point. And despite only doing this on referral, we actually, after doing some review of the last year, realized that we spent over seven figures on Google Ads for law firms. I'm not really sure how many other people in the world can say that. Um, you'd probably recognize them and you'd probably count them in a couple hands. But um, this is the stuff that we've been talking about internally and what we've learned. Now, the thing that's interesting about having this amount of spend is a couple different things. The first is that we're able to cover a few pretty disparate practice areas and getting a really good context for different ways that different things have been affected. And the, uh, the areas that we really see kicking butt on Google AdWords right now are bankruptcy law, divorce and family law, and criminal and DWI law. There's other ones that have been doing okay. Um, we're actually moving most of our spend with the state law over to Facebook, but basically this is um, you know, this is what we're able to see. So in addition to having some different contexts, because you know you have to have some, you know, we've got some specificity as far as what's happening for law firms, but we also have a little bit of context. So if something is completely wipes out personal injury, which we did see take a big hit in this last year, you know, we're not thinking the sky's falling because we're seeing a lot of success in these other areas. One of the other interesting things about having this level of spend is that we have access to Google a lot more directly. So we are a premier agency at this level of spend. We've been a premier agency for some time. But we actually have dedicated reps who are able to tell us not only what's going on internally at Google, but also give us access to some new things that are happening. And a lot of the times these premier partners are, are getting driven out the, the recommendations for stuff that's ending up going to try things out for the rest of the greater market whole. So if you're starting out as a, as a regular advertiser, a lot of this stuff is being tested through these partner agencies. So anyway, without further ado, we came up with a list of seven things that we discovered spending over seven figures on Google Ads. So I'll go ahead and get started with number one. Google has a new lever to incentivize advertisers, and that's impression share blocking. So this is something that we've really started noticing towards the end of last year. It's a little bit concerning, but you can kind of understand where things are coming from from Google's perspective. So back in the day, the way things used to be is that we'd have a lot of basic metrics that we'd follow. So we've got impressions, which are the people that are seeing your ad. We've got the clicks, which are people that are clicking their ad, and you have your conversion rate, which is the people that are actually calling you or filling out a form. So all those things are the same, but basically we've noticed that you can't necessarily trust impression shares anymore. So the way that Google is incentivizing people to follow whatever their recommendations are is not by a way that affects anything with the people that are showing your ads, but it's affecting the amount of people that are seeing your ads total. So a really good example of this was we had a firm that was in South Florida doing bankruptcy law, and this is a very, very densely populated area. And we knew for a fact, because we were doing sort of a Pepsi challenge type thing, that this firm had spent anywhere from ten dollars to $20,000 per month in the past doing bankruptcy law, the exact same kind of campaign that we were running. So when we started launching the campaign, we were actually maxing out our impression share, which is the percentage of the eyeballs that Google told us that we were getting at around a, a value of you know between two and $3,000, which didn't really add up to us. So as we continue to have the campaign and continue to have feed a good budget and we were getting good metrics as far as the clicks and the conversions, 
um, our impression share actually ended up going up. So now it's telling us instead of getting 100% at a $3,000 spend, we're getting 50% at a $7,000 spend. So which actually lined up a lot more with what they'd seen prior. So what the heck was happening? Did, you know, did the amount of people in South Florida increase by 200%? Not likely. Um, what was really happening was that Google was holding back those impressions until different metrics are seen. There's not really any sort of guideline that we're able to point to definitively. But what we've seen is that these things tend to become accessible once there's a certain critical mass of, of spend, a certain critical mass of data, making sure that your numbers are looking in the right direction, and also that the policies that they're recommending are getting implemented. So the next thing on the list, and we're going to get back to that first one in a bit because it kind of informs a lot of the stuff that we're uh, going to discuss later through this podcast. So the next thing that I'd like to say is that automation really isn't there for lead generation yet. And lead generation is what, you know, almost every single attorney that we're talking to is, is concerned with. So there's a lot of things that you'll see in the advertising world and a lot of the content that's put out by advertisers. But one of the things that it's kind of tough to, to draw out of the whole thing from, from the outside looking in is that there's two really distinct categories of advertising that people like to, to lump into one category. So the first is, is you know, e-commerce. So this would refer to you know, Amazon.com. If you have a site that's selling shoes or you know, whatever, prints. <laughs> um, but basically that's, uh, and then that would be as opposed to lead generation, which would be where people are you know, filling out a form or giving a phone call to, you know, for the most part, engage in some sort of a service with you. So the key difference is, is that e-commerce has a lot more data available. If I sell you a shoe that's worth $12 versus a shoe that's worth $1,400, and I didn't know what store this would be at, I don't know, maybe Prada or something, um, that information through the cart software that's being fed directly back into Google will let Google know that the conversion was worth twelve or fourteen hundred dollars. Lead generation conversely has a lot less data available, and you know there's some advances that have been made from you know partners that we work with like Juvo Leads and that sort of thing. But um, for the most part, we can't really tell whether, for example, your estate planning lead came in from a guy who owns a double wide trailer, or and you know didn't end up following up or didn't end up getting contacted, or you know, the heir to a you know $20 million fortune that is going to close right immediately on the spot. Obviously, huge difference between, you know, the, the quality and the actual, you know, money collected from either of those leads, but that counts as one conversion to each. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that the more data that a algorithm has to optimize, the faster that algorithm is going to work. So a lot of the things and, and people have been declaring, hey, this is, you know, 2019 was the year that, you know, automation really took off. And I'm not going to say that's incorrect, but I will say that it hasn't quite caught up for lead generation. So um, we actually tried out a number of different tests on client accounts. Um, these were ones that we had uh, higher spend. And basically what we noticed that the the most recommended, the most quickly recommended strategy for, for most Google reps and, and within the account itself is, is maximize conversions. And uh, we saw that almost without fail, the maximized conversions strategy did nothing but increase the cost per lead overall. And this wasn't necessarily with an, you know, any sort of worthwhile increase in quality that would make that higher cost per lead pay off. Um, the way that the reason for this, just from a technical perspective, if, if anyone's curious, is that basically what Google says is, all right, cool. Well, we know that we can convert 50% of the clicks on this particular keyword. And you know, you need a lot of technical setup to be able to do this in the first place. But if we can convert 50% of the clicks in the keyword, then yeah, why not pay uh, $25 a click for a keyword that we normally pay $12 for? Um, because if we're getting a $50 cost per lead, that's great. 
Um, and I'm just kind of throwing out numbers here, but you get the idea. Um, but yeah, in, in practice, you know, there's not always a commensurate increase in the conversion. That's kind of a theory that we haven't really seen play out with Google. Um, there's other sort of strategies that we've seen different uh, take on with. Um, Target CPA is one of the ones that we've had a little bit more success with. But again, um, nothing groundbreaking, at least to the point where we've been seeing um, it match, you know, all the all the buzz that we've seen in the space for. Um, and one of the ones that's usually the most effective and, and discussed in a lot of these conversations is target return on ad spend. Um, but for the, men, the the reasons we mentioned earlier, namely, you know, lead generation not having a return figure on that, um, it's basically impossible to do for lead gen at this point in time. So overall, um, you know, <laughs> Jan's recommendation, don't believe the hype on automation for PPC right now. Um, on the flip side, because of the ability for Google to block impression share, uh, I am recommending for number three, you need to play ball. So there's something that's been in the new ads interface, which is the optimization score. And you're going to have various notifications to say, hey, you know, why don't you try out max conversions? Why don't you uh, try out enhanced CPC? And then without actually fully jumping into bed with these automation strategies, which I definitely don't recommend, especially at the lower spend levels, there are things that you can do without necessarily compromising account that are good to do. So a lot of things that, that are getting recommended are things like having different ad types. So one of the big ones that Google's been pushing recently is responsive ads. Uh, it's essentially the ability to split test different headlines. Um, harmless for the most part, so that's one that you can include. And again, if you don't have a responsive ad type in your ad set, then it's going to hamstring the reach that you have for that ad set. So even if you add it, we've had situations where uh, clients were requesting very specific ad types, like, like click to call. We still created responsive ad sets are responsive ads in those those things, but just pause them. Um, so you know, even if you have to kind of work it out, uh, just to you know get do what they say, but then we can do it back. Then you know that's what you're gonna have to do to get the impression share. The last thing is that even if, and this is something we actually got directly from our Google rep, if you have to go to the notifications and even dismiss them, um, it's actually gonna be better for the account health overall. And that's going to lead to better impression share, which you know, sounds a little crazy, but you know, I don't make the rules here. <laughs> um, all right. The fourth one, and this one's really, really hard for me to take because this was actually a big pillar of what we built the agency on is that it's harder to go niche in legal. So uh, back in the day, and if, if anyone's ever uh, uh, purchased or downloaded the book, um, Legal Marketing Fastlane, which I wrote a few years back, um, you know that I'm the biggest fan of niche in the, uh, <laughs> the legal space, I'd probably say. So we used to say, hey, look, um, you know, we don't want to bid on the term lawyer. We want to bid on the term you know, brain injury lawyer because we can have a specific ad written to that and a specific landing page. And uh, unfortunately, this was kind of the year that we saw that strategy kind of go by the wayside. So a couple things leading into this. Exact match keywords no longer mean what they used to. Um, you, know, you can actually have the exact term um, you know, brain injury lawyer, like we mentioned. And if you have the brackets, that should mean that only a trigger that increases that, or that, that include that, only that exact search term would actually trigger an ad. So basically, uh, they actually took out a lot of those things. So what we can set as exact match now is, is being interpreted as what we formerly used to call phrase match. So close variance, uh, brain injury attorneys, uh, brain injury law firm, you know, brain injury lawsuit, um, all these different things, which, you know, some of these have commercial value and make sense. Some of these don't. Um, so basically, we can't actually do keywords as exact as we want. The other thing is, and you know, a lot of people will, will kind of say, hey, well, you know, what if we just went super niche for a bunch of different terms? And then in aggregate, these all kind of 
for him to, to have one one big budget. And we found that, and actually trying this out a couple of times, honestly, this isn't something that uh, we're just talking about theory here. Um, it also hamstrung the reach for that. So basically, you are able to go niche, but Google really will not let your ads be shown unless there's also a more... Um, I would say, uh, you know, as opposed to the long tail, the fat head keywords that we'd be talking about. So uh, practice area based for the most part. You know, we've tried to do extremely niche stuff in medical malpractice and personal injury. Um, they're not going to serve unless we have an ad group for a personal injury lawyer, unless we have an ad group for accident lawyer or malpractice lawyer. Um, on the flip side, the broad match stuff is actually getting a little bit better. And this is kind of up for debate whether it's it's the result of um you know google just playing you know giving more impressions to people that are playing ball but this actually ends up kind of completely flipping the strategy so instead of saying hey look we only want to get brain injury lawyer we're not going to be able to really do that um but what we are able to do is potentially we could have you know malpractice lawyer or even the word malpractice um and then just make sure that we have all of the negative keywords in the world so we actually have, but, uh, and then the thing is that basically a lot of these, these terms have been actually doing pretty well for us. So uh, we ended up having a pretty interesting experiment where, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the firms that we work with are, are very familiar with uh, lead vendors, you know, Nolo, Martindale, that sort of thing. And we were actually able to equal the cost per lead that they were getting with shared leads from one of these lead vendors. Um, but the way that we were doing it was by going with this, this pretty broad strategy and having a ton of negative keywords. So, you know, the kind of stuff that you, you'd imagine, um, you know, this is kind of a combination of a proactive stuff. So we know um, a lot of the stuff that's coming out for malpractice is stuff like legal malpractice. Um, certainly people who are looking to uh, have lawsuits against hospitals and doctors are not looking for that. So, you know, we have to, to kind of be a little bit proactive, but also reactive stuff. Um, one of the things that we've noticed is that anything... And this is, you know, uh, take this one to the bank. <laughs> this is going to be my, my pro tip for the day. Anything involving lawyer that has broad match in 2020 is going to bring in the law firm names of every single competitor in your geography. So you have to either, you know, take out, if you know who those people are, uh, you have to upload that as negative keywords to your Google if you're running campaigns or um, have to be super, super on top of it. And this, like I'm talking every single day, uh, making sure that names um, misspellings of all your competitors are, are being attended to because otherwise, you know, people are going to be attending to it. They're going to see an ad that says, you know, top medical malpractice area, X, Y, Z. They're going to click on it and they're going to be surprised when it's not the person that they thought it was. So that's kind of the new strategy. We're not going extremely niche. Uh, we're going broad and being extremely, extremely diligent on the negative keywords. All right. Fifth point is watch out for the sandbox. So sandboxing is actually a term that used to be thrown around a lot in the SEO world. But we're actually noticing it's kind of coming to PPC. So the sandbox, and this isn't something that happens for every single account that we launch. But I mean, it's gotten to the point where we're literally having to set expectations on our onboarding calls that there's you know probably a chance. I would say these days it's about one in four that you're not going to get any impressions, any clicks, any spend, any any calls for about a week. Um, we don't really know why this happens. It just does happen with certain things. And then basically, um, you know, I'd have to venture, if I had to hazard a guess, it's probably something related to, you know, certain patterns that, that maybe it could be the geography. It could be, um, you know, something, I don't know if, if there's prior stuff associated with that Google account, um, that they basically want to see whether this, this campaign is going to stick around or not. Um, the good news is that it only usually takes a week or so, but, uh, the bad news is that our, you know, our old promise, which was, you know, we're getting leads in 72 hours or less. Um, 
ends up being <laughs> untrue about a quarter of the time when this ends up happening. So um, not a ton that can be done about it. If you end up launching a campaign and nothing happens for a week, um, this is what's probably happening. Um, don't mess around with your budgets too much. Leave things around for a bit. Um, when you start getting impressions, you are in the game. So just you know, hold out. If it ends up being a week or two, um, then that's just something that happens these days now. So the sixth thing is that we've actually seen a huge increase in categories that are being blocked automatically. So uh, this one was kind of a late entrant. <laughs> this started really happening in towards the end of last year, but we've also seen this because you know, in addition to the stuff that we do for legal, we also have you know, obviously like you know, you have friends that are attorneys. We have a lot of friends that are also running ads. So uh, you know, this this there's a couple of very high profile ones. Uh, a couple of years back, it was um, drug and alcohol rehab. Um, recently, uh, this, this past year, private investigation. And, um, recently the one that's been hitting us is been, um, debt consolidation. So this is specific to bankruptcy law, but basically a lot of words. Cause you know, it's, you know, the people who are running law firms are, are, are <laughs> by definition <laughs> legal, uh, good actors in the space, but there are bad actors in the space. Um, it's kind of shady debt consolidation companies that um, are kind of, it's gotten to the point where Google's just not allowing those to run ads. So what what this means, and, and the thing is that unfortunately, we, you know, as copywriters need to use, because we're, we're targeting the same people or people that are distressed and they don't understand uh, how they're going to have a way out of, uh, you know, the, any sort of debt problem that they have with attorneys. It's, you know, legally leveraging the system to declare bankruptcy and, and get up on top out after that. Um but basically, uh, there's a lot of automatic flags that are being thrown on the bankruptcy ads that are pushing live. And I uh, you know, don't want to put this out to scare people, but you know, the reality is that these things are coming a little bit more frequently. And basically, it's not the end of the world. You can launch a bankruptcy campaign today. It's not, it's not a problem. Um, it's just there's automatic flags, and you need to have some sort of a, a, a process for communicating with Google um, to make sure that those are getting manually reviewed. So for us, um, you know, not to sound too self-serving, but uh, if you're not working with somebody that has a, uh, a high-level rep within Google, you're going to have a hard time getting these done. So um, that's just kind of a new reality that, that we have to deal with. Um, again, bankruptcy is probably the big focus today, but uh, you know, this, these are also things that can end up happening uh, just for ads being disapproved. Seventh and final point is that follow-up is still king. And, uh, we were launching client accounts uh, every month, almost every week last year. And we saw obviously like every, there's always a bell curve of, of people that do extremely successful and people that are you know, getting some moderate success and people that you know, don't really have the results that they expected to. What we found, and this was something that really came to the front of the view because we actually ended up having some, some pretty interesting experiments with, with follow-up as opposed to just trying to shave another penny off of the cost per lead. The clients that did the best with us didn't necessarily have the best cost per lead, but they were the people who had the best follow-up. Um, so, you know, if you guys have uh, <laughs> seen a lot of the stuff that we've been putting out recently, this is something that I find super important. And what actually ends up going to this um, stuff like automation, making sure somebody gets a text message the minute that they submit a form. Um, making sure that these leads are followed up with after you know five minutes. Um, having a script in place, making sure that you or your front desk person aren't firing from the hip whenever you know, somebody calls in, having a repeatable process. And um, most importantly, having accountability on this. Um, it's been super, super important because we've seen the clients that have the right expectations. And you know, there's, there's people who will encounter a group of leads. And if the leads don't end up going their way, they're going to say, wow, these leads stink. Um, there's another group of people that will say, 
these you know leads won't go out the, the the way that they are and they say oh wow i could have done a really much better job with these leads and if you see the people that are making a lot of money on their investment it's the second group because they're able to identify things in the process um the reality is you know a lead is a lead is a lead for the most part um, if you're getting the kind of person who's, who's typing in personal injury lawyer plus your town on, on Google, um, no matter what your agency is saying, it's probably going to be the same kind of person that the people that are closing a ton of business are doing and the people that are closing no business are doing. So, you know, the difference is having that accountability, making sure that you're doing everything that you can to get these leads in. And then on top of that, having the tools in place. So that wraps it up for the seven things that we learned spending over seven figures on Google ads for attorneys in 2019. Um, one of the things I'd like to bring, and, and this kind of folds back in with our last point, number seven, we actually have a free course on improving your intake on casefield.com. So if you visit casefield.com and uh, just scroll around for a little bit, if you want to, uh, probably the moment you move your mouse, you'll see a pop-up with our free course. It's actually called um, Double Your Case Files. <laughs> and the whole idea there is that, you know, regardless of what kind of marketing that you're using today, you can follow a process in place to double what you're closing. And this could be from referrals. This could be from SEO. This could be from Martindale Nolo leads if you want to take, take those. And then, you know, if that's something that ends up helping out with you, then, you know, that's something that will give you some, some resources to potentially reinvest with other stuff in the future. So um, that's pretty much it. So um, guys, let me know what you think of this episode. Uh, we'll be back to slightly more regularly scheduled programming in the near future. Uh, until then, see you next week. This has been Jan Roos with the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.